You're listening to Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you today and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning. How's everybody feeling today? Feeling good? Yeah, that's good to hear. Awesome. How about online? How you guys? That's great. They sound awesome. We're glad to have you with us. Make sure you type in there, hello. But I'm Brian Cox. If you didn't know, I'm one of the pastors here. I've been at the Greenville campus for a few months, and it's been incredible, incredible. I'm telling you, God is working over there. I had to reintroduce myself to a lot of you when I came back. What's up, guys? Uh, And I didn't know you. And that's awesome because God is bringing people to his church. Um, I want to start off with something that will kind of lighten the mood a little bit because uh, what we're talking about today can get a little serious, okay? But we'll try to not um, be too sad, okay? We're going to let God give us some joy today. Well, I know I love uh, my kids. They always say the craziest things when they were little. One thing Lily said one time when she was young, I said, Lily, you can't do that. You'll need adult supervision to do that. And she said, well, Dad, I don't have supervision. Did y'all get that? You have to think about it a minute. Think about it. Yeah, I said, that's, she's so literal sometimes. I'm just like, I got to explain everything to her. But I I was reading through a couple of things I've heard kids say, and I want to just read this to you. Now, if you don't laugh, you're just mean, okay? You got a problem. We need to work on that mind. I'm going to read it to you, okay? As a little girl was talking to her teacher about whales. Teacher said, it's physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human because even though it's a very large mammal, its throat is very small. The little girl stated, Jonah was swallowed by a whale. Okay, she was pretty adamant about it, okay? And then the teacher, irritated, the teacher repeated, a whale cannot be swallowed, or a human cannot be swallowed. That was really good, wasn't it? All right. A human cannot be swallowed by a whale. The mouth is too small. It's physically impossible. The little, little girl said, well, when I get to heaven, I will ask Jonah. The teacher said, what if Jonah went to hell? The little girl replied, well, then you ask him. I thought that was good. It's good to laugh. It's good to, it's good to be here with you guys. A lot of smiles. It's just the love of God is so awesome when we, when we experience it. And I hope you do that today. I want to help you today, though. I want to help. There's a lot of people dealing with something that the church doesn't talk about a lot. You know, we don't talk about the mind as much as we should. I don't know why we avoid it so much. But it's basically a a subject that, here's what I hope you don't do, okay? Don't tune me out. I will find you. No. Don't check out and think it's not for you. You say, well, I don't have any mental issues. You do. Nobody's told you yet. You probably do. We all suffer with some form. But it's an epidemic in our world where we're seeing a lot of, lot of mental trouble and issues with the mind. 
And I want to help us with that today. Bring God's word into it. Bring Jesus into it. What does he say about it? Okay? So my prayer for you today is that you open your mind. That you would think about what God is saying to you. Because when we're in church or when we're... You, just, you know this, the world is so complicated and we're so busy that we tend to ignore pretty much what we need to hear. We come here, you hear us speak, and that's great. Hopefully, you take it with you. So that's what I want you to do today. I'll give you a story about me. I've experienced mental trouble at an early age. Um... When I was in fourth grade, I was at a friend's house playing basketball, and I love basketball. And so I, I go to walk into the house. Now, he had two dogs. He had a German Shepherd. I don't know what the other one was. But as I went into the house, it started to, the German Shepherd attacked me. And I mean, he attacked me. He put his paws right here, and he put his mouth right here. He sunk his teeth into my face. All I knew to do was kick him where it hurts. And that's what I did. And he let, believe it or not, he let go and ran away. He didn't keep pulling. Well, I'm standing there for a minute and I'm thinking, well, that was fun. What just happened? Because I'm kind of in shock, I guess. And I'm feeling a little bit of pain. I'm not really sure, you know, what's going on. And then my brothers came up to me. You know how when people look at you, you're like, oh, my gosh, they see something you don't? And they were like, oh. And I don't know why they backed away. I said, well, I'm going to go look in the mirror. They said, no, you cannot do that. I said, I am. I'm looking in the mirror. I went in the bathroom. I looked in the mirror, and I went, oh, my gosh. I wish I'd never done that. I'll never forget it to this day what I look like. Flesh hanging. Yeah, it's getting gross, isn't it? Yeah. Well, my brother Alan, he rushed me to the hospital. He picked me up. This is 1970-something, okay? So he picked me up and run me into the, in the uh, emergency room. And, of course, they're like, come here a minute. Let me take your name. And Alan's like, you know what you can do? I'll give you a name. And he gave them plenty of words that I had never heard as a fourth grader. It was education that moment. But I got in there, they poured alcohol in, you know, I don't know, they just poured alcohol in you know, like this. It was like, okay. And then they started putting needles in me and dead and everything. Am I really grossing you out yet? You're all just really, I can see y'all. And finally got me numbed up, started stitching me up. I had 45 stitches in my face. And it missed my jugular by probably 16th of an inch, I would have been dead easily. And I'm thinking, wow, as a fourth grader, I don't think it really hit me. What would it I can imagine my parents, they're probably losing their minds. But I finally get home, and then I had to go back to school the next day, because back then you went to school. I'm sorry, that was me. You went to school at all costs. Your parents sent you. I don't care if you almost got killed, go to school. Well, I go to school, and I'm walking in there, and everybody's really happy to see me. We're glad you're not dead. We're so happy you're alive. Thank you, thank you. I'm like, 
And a few weeks went on, a few days went on, I'm in school, and then I started, I started hearing a little, this little name, this nickname started coming out. And I'd hear Frankenstein. What? Frankenstein. My name had become Frankenstein. No one would eat lunch with me anymore because I was too gross to eat lunch with. No one would hang out with me anymore because I was Frankenstein. Now, I'm a fourth grader. That mentally messed me up. I mentally thought I was the ugliest thing that ever hit the planet. And, I'm, and I immediately began to retaliate. If you got near me, I beat you up. If you looked at me, I beat you up. That's the way I did it. I'm not proud of it, but that's what happened to me. Trauma the trauma of the needles and the, all that, that wasn't the trauma. The trauma was the mental thing. The mental thing that people turned on me, that I, I went into anxiety and depression as a fourth grader. My mind changed in a moment. Physically, listen to this, listen to this. Physically changed. It wasn't like, Brian, get over it, you're a fourth grader, you can handle it. No. Physically, it changed me. It made me see people, I hate it, in the fourth grade to actually see people for what they really are sometimes. You know, you hate to see the joy go out of your children's life when they actually realize people aren't what they say they are. You hate to see that. I love it when they're little. They just say whatever they want. It's beautiful. But this moment changed me. And it made me live a different life. But I'll tell you this, there's, God always, he's always there, ever-present help. In time of need. He had sent me a godly mother. Who could see the pain. Here's what she did. She bought me a G.I. Joe. Y'all don't even know what that is, do you? All you young people. It was G.I. Joe. And he had a scar right here. Just like mine. And they're just like, okay, I'm G.I. Joe. Nobody in this room has got a scar like that. And I'd take it to school and say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have that. You're nobody. But it gave me a confidence. But the best thing she ever did for me was learn to teach me the truth about who I am in God, in Christ. That I'm not what people say I am. I don't have to bow down to that because the truth is not that I'm ugly at all. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. That's what God says about me. Learning the truth will give you freedom. It will change your life. And there's so many people right now like me in, that are fourth grade younger. Can you imagine across the world living a life of oppression, depression, anxiety, how many people have, get, have taken their lives that were famous in the last 10 years? Hundreds looking for something. We're all looking for something. And it's hard in this world to see it sometimes. And I want to just relate it to you this way. It's sad to see a fourth grader say, I have had enough, Lord. Wouldn't that be sad? 
See, Elijah said this. He said, see, God had did great things, and then he, all of a sudden, Jezebel was trying to kill him, was running after him, and he got really upset, and he said, God, I've had enough. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I have had enough. Some of you today can really relate to what I'm saying, that you have had enough. You are ready to just take on the world, smack everybody that looks at you, because you have had enough. You've had enough of people talking about you. You've had enough of people talking down to you. You've had enough of life and its struggles. You've had enough of not having hope. And if you're in that place, God sees you. He sees you. He knows your pain. He knows your scars. He sees my scar all the time. He tells me it's beautiful. He sees you. I want to give you a little bit of stats to kind of help you understand where we are in this world. 43 million Americans have mental illness or some type of issue. 43 million Americans. Listen to this. 1.7 million youth have depressive episodes and do not receive Treatment, 1.7 million, enough to fill every Major League Baseball stadium on the East Coast twice. That's really scary and depressing. I don't want to depress you. I just want to let you know there is a way we can help. There is a way as a church we can help our children. See, what's at stake today is people's lives. Your children's lives, your neighbor's lives, your spouse. Because everybody in this room is dealing with something. And we need to figure out how to put Jesus in the puzzle. Because if we don't, we're going to just keep seeing people leave us right and left. You with me? Hang in there with me. Because I promise you there is hope. There is hope. I promise you that. But I want to give you this idea. Rooting your life in Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. It will. Don't check out here. Listen to me. Rooting your life in Jesus? Yeah, I've heard that before, Brian. I've been in church a hundred times. Yeah. Well, maybe church is the problem. You need Jesus. You don't need church. Religion is not your answer. How many times you come to church and read your Bible and sing worship? That is not your answer. That is not my answer. Believe me, I've done it. (laughs) Church does not save me. Jesus saves me. Jesus rescues me. That's why we need to root ourselves in him. We'll even focus it anymore. Root your mind in Jesus. Rooting your mind in how you think. We're going to talk about the mind just a little bit. Because you need to know how it works, okay? You can't fix it if you don't know how it works, okay? So I'm going to give you a little lesson in mind control, okay? Don't you wish you could read somebody's mind? No, I don't. I don't want to know what you're thinking. Think about this. If we could put what you were thinking right now, okay, think about what you're thinking about. If we could put that on the screen, how many of you would leave? I can see some of you going, oh, my goodness, can he do that? 
No, we can't. But let's learn this. Let's learn how to think real quick. Every one of you in this room and watching online, you talk to yourself. Do you agree with me? Do you talk to yourself? Some of you out loud? Do you talk to yourself? Yeah, I do. You talk to yourself in the car? You talk to that guy just running in front of you? And you say all kinds of good things. You know? So we do. Our mind is constantly speaking. Did you know your mind has a mind of its own? Did you know that? If you hadn't, you're going to figure it out. So here's what we're going to do. This is going to be really weird and awkward. Just warning you. We're going to do nothing for 20 seconds. And I want you just to let your mind go. See what comes into your mind. Okay? You ready? Y'all ready? Get your mind ready. Everybody do this. That's a little exercise. All right, here we go. Wow, that was weird. Some of you are staring at me like, what's wrong with him? You were scaring me to death. Did you hear anything? Did your mind tell you something? Did it? Yeah, I know it did. Everybody in here heard something. Unless you're asleep, you didn't hear anything. You probably thought, man, his shoes are really white. Did y'all think that? Who thought that? Yeah, you did. You thought, man, I wish this guy would shut up. What time is lunch? What are we eating for lunch today? Hmm, fried chicken. Man, I better stop thinking about it. But your mind is always working. So now that you know that, now that you know your mind is always speaking to you, we're aware of it, so now we need to think about it. We need to think about what we're thinking about. Okay, when you think about what you're thinking about, then you will know what you're thinking about because you're thinking about it. Hmm. I'm not sure I can do that again. But you have to make a habit of thinking about what you're thinking about. See, we just let our mind tell us what to do. Did you know that what you believe is how you behave? You ever notice that? If I tell you scary thoughts right now and you believe me, you will be scared. If someone tells you they're mad at you or they've done something to you and your brain's telling you they hurt you, they hurt you, your behavior will be, I'm mad at them. I'm going to get back at them. Whether it's true or not, you notice that? The brain doesn't care that it's true or not. It just wants you to know it. Somebody hurts you. I'm getting them. Well, we got to watch. We got to think about what we're thinking about. So, don't believe everything you think. Do you believe everything you think? I hope not. The Bible tells us this the heart is deceitful above all things. This is what the Bible tells you. We know this to be fact, to be true, that all things and beyond. 
All things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We can't understand the brain. We got to learn how to control it, though, because it decides our behavior. What you believe. You believed it was a good idea to come to church today, right? Your mind said, let's go to church. And you came to church. Good decision. Okay? Hopefully you'll feel that way. Guard your mind against garbage. This is going to get really tough for some of you in here. So just, just hang on. I'm just going to give you some facts. I'm not judging you. Okay? Guard your mind. Here's what the Proverbs tells us. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while a fool, a fool feeds on trash. Would you say you're, you're a fool? Somebody call you a fool, you're going to smack them, right? I think some of us don't understand what that means. Let me give you an idea. Trash, there's a couple kinds of, there's three kinds of things that you put in your mind. Just, just to sum it up for you. First one was poison. You're constantly poisoning, poisoning your mind with things that hurt you over time in your life. In fact, they affect you the entire lifetime. It's called poison. Things like pornography. Think about this. Imagine a 12-year-old seeing that for the first time. What has it done to him or her? They see sex totally different for the rest of their life. It physically changed their mind. That's what I'm saying. Poison will change you. And it makes it very difficult to live. And it results in depression, anxiety, all kinds of heaviness in your life. And you got to overcome it. Because you live in a broken world that's constantly pushing that on you. Second thing would be junk food. I love junk food. I went to Dairy Queen, I think, four times last week. Don't tell my wife. We're trying to eat good. But we go to the Greenville campus, and it just so happens that Dairy Queen's right there on the way and on the way back. So you get one on the way and on the way back. And I get the mini, the mini blizzard, and add peanut butter cups. Man, that sounds so good right now. I get the mini because that's more spiritual. I got the little, anyway. If I fed on that all the time, I'd have a hard time walking out here. If I ate that every day of my life, it would affect me, my health, would it not? Eating Snicker bars all day long will affect your health. So what I'm saying with your mind is the same way. Mental health requires you to pay attention to what you're feeding it. Junk food would be like, it's not good or bad. Ice cream's not bad. Okay. It's good. But what you feed your mind constantly, okay, let me give you some examples. How many of you watched the news today? Did you watch the good news? Did you watch the real news, the one that doesn't lie to you? We could get a good debate going on that one. But you feed your mind that. We also feed our mind constantly with what you have, that thing you have in your hand all the time, that phone. How many got your phone? Hold it up to me. You know you got it back there. I see it. See, unless, if you got your phone out and the message notes are on it, that's good. You're doing good. 
But that phone, I, I promise you, I went to Waffle House this week by myself. Don't normally do that. Just want to go and have some bacon and eggs and, you know. So I'm sitting there, literally looking around the room. Every person in the room, with exception of the cook, was looking at their phone. Waitresses and all. Need anything? Okay. Like, no, I'm good. So what am I doing? I'm looking at my phone. (laughs) We're feeding our minds so much junk. And here's the thing about it. I call it stuffing. We're stuffing our minds. We're stuffing. I mean, how many of you watch so many shows all day you can't even, I mean, anyway. We're stuffing ourselves to the point to when you get in this room today, when you're listening to my voice, you have a hard time hearing what I'm saying. You might hear my words and the sound, but you don't really hear it. You're not really making out what I'm saying. You're just kind of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, amen. You're not hearing me because of all the junk. You have no room for truth with all that junk in your life. We have to learn to, okay, I'm, like I said, I'm not judging you, but you got to think about that. What do I need to kind of space a little? Maybe I can make some room for God's word, which is our next thing, which is health food. The food that God gives us, his Bible, his scriptures, really help the mind heal. It really gives you a truth that your mind normally doesn't give you. And you have to know that. You have to put it to work. Okay? Anybody know what this is? It's a warning. Most of our children probably don't even know what that is. Because <laughs> we don't pay attention to it anymore. It's a warning. Every time you watch TV or movies, we see it, but we pay no attention to it. You know why they have these warnings? Because mentally, if a child sees something too early, it physically changes their brain. If you see something scary, like I said, or something violent, it changes you. And then all of a sudden... Our kids are afraid all the time. We're depressed all the time. We wonder why. Because we're not paying attention. Hey, I'll tell you. I watch Netflix like you do. And um, I was watching the show the other day, me and Brenda. I mean, y'all watch it all, right? The Crown. Uh, y'all don't watch that, do you? Okay. Uh, but we watch all kinds of things. We was watching the show. I'm not going to say the name. And... About the 45th F word, I figured out I might not ought to be watching this. It took 45 of them. Because my mind is so full of trash, I didn't realize what I was doing. I just wanted to entertain myself. It's all right. I can deal with it. I'm a pastor. I'm not going to say that. Hopefully, if I said it right now, I'll get all your attention. But... Your mind, you're constantly doing that. You're constantly feeding trash into your mind. And I need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of that. I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm not judging you. You watch whatever you want. That's between you and God, right? I'm just telling you what you feed, you will become. What you feed, you will become. What you consume, what consumes your mind, 
controls your life. Think about that. What consumes your mind. We don't really believe it yet. You're, you're trying to believe it. Not sure yet. Well, I'm going to help you how to deal with this. Paul gave us a very simple answer. How do we deal with our thoughts? This is the practical part, okay, of the message today. This is what you need to pay attention to. How can I handle the stinking thinking that's coming into my brain? What do I do with it? He said, destroy every claim and every reason that keeps people from knowing God. Okay, right now, you re- someone you reasoned out why you should be watching that show. It's okay. Again, I'm not judging you. You just, oh, it's okay with me. Or you made a claim that it's okay. Here's what God is saying. Here's what Paul is saying. But if it's keeping people from knowing God, then maybe you shouldn't do it. Maybe we need to pay attention to how we're living our lives. Because here's what happens. What you believe is the way you behave. And the way you behave demonstrates the love of God to people. So if I'm in a restaurant and I'm wearing a marathon shirt, and this waiter is really mean to me, and I stand up and yell at him, that's not demonstrating the love of God at all. Because my mind told me I was mad, so I need to do something about it. So your mind lied to you again. You need to think about it. We need to put every thought that comes into your mind today, when you go to lunch today, when you go to work tomorrow, when you go to school, what are you thinking about? Think about what you're thinking about. And then put it up against what God says, if you want to know truth. And here's the great thing. It will change you. It will change your mind if you start, if you start practicing this. And I'm going to give you a little example of how to do this. Paul said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We don't need to do things like the world does if we want to change our lives. We don't need to do all these things the world is suggesting and leave God out. Now listen, listen. I have plenty of people that I have counseled over the years. And I try to help them. And they don't listen. They keep going back to that, that group or that friend group. They keep trying alcohol or sex or relationships. They won't listen. They keep thinking that pattern. Here's what's funny. You do it and you do it and you do it and you do it and you come back to church and say, I need to change my life. Then you do it and you do it and then you come back to church and I need to change my life. You never transform. You're never changed. You know why you never changed? Because you never let Jesus change you. You let your behavior try to change you. That's not what changes you. Jesus Christ, his power is what will change you. He's what will renew you. He is what will transform you and renew your mind. That's what Jesus will do for you. I'll give you experience of mine. Okay? Don't y'all like those? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This was my verse my mom gave to me when I was dealing with all this. She said, Brian, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I never believed it unless I said it every day, unless I made it part of my life every day. And so I applied that to my own children's lives. So we get in the car, go to school every morning. My girls will tell you this. They don't like it anymore. I don't think. But we would ride to school, and I'd say, Lily, guess what? She said, what? I said, it happened again today. She said, what? 
said, you wouldn't believe it. I looked in the mirror. Man, what I saw was beautiful. And she's, nowadays she said, was mama standing behind you? I said, no. I said, no, God made me beautiful today. I look great. Don't I look great? They roll their eyes. And then I sing the song. I'm going to sing it to you now. Okay? Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror because I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me because I'm one heck of a man. Lord, it's hard to be humble, but I'm doing the best that I can. Isn't that awesome? Don't you feel better? They just roll their eyes, and I try to roll the window down and sing it as loud as I can. They thought I wrote that song. So many years they thought I wrote that song. I did not write that song. Mac Davis wrote that song in 1976, if you need to know. It's silly, I know. I'm not doing that, Brian. I'm not going to sing. You don't have to. What I'm telling you, be creative. What I did was took a verse, and I believe that God is with me, and I believe that verse, and I made it part of my life. That's not the only verse I've done that to. I put verses all over my toolboxes when I worked at Hartness. I put them all over my mirrors growing up because the power of God and his word will change your life. Did you not know that yet? Church won't change you. God changes you, remember? His word is there for your truth. And you need to be putting that word in your brain every day if you want to see your life change. You want to know what change is about? You want to know what freedom is about? Get Jesus in your life. Get Jesus in your mind. Let him root himself in your mind. It will change you. It will change your neighbor. It will change your family. It will, I promise you. I've seen it happen. But we have to work at it. We've got to think about what we're thinking about. I'm trying to see if you're thinking. We've got to think about it. Okay? The life you have is a reflection of the thoughts you think. Have you thought about that? The life you have right now. Think about your life you have right now. What have I been thinking for the last 10 years? Is this what I am? I would say so. Rooting your life in Jesus will make your life better, back to that point, and make you better at life. Okay, this is the last thing I got for you today. And probably the most important. I'm going to put everything up here because I want you to hear this. We've seen this. If you've been to church all your life, you've probably seen this statement. Let go and trust God. Oh, yeah. My mama told me that a hundred times. My mama, she did when I was not doing good, when I was out running around doing what I wanted. She always said, you need to just stop, trust God. I got it. I'll do it one day. <laughs> I don't have time for that, mama. I don't have time to let go. It's too much going on. If you get nothing else today out of what I said, this is the most important thing you need to know. That you need to let go. Let God and trust God. You really do. 
Don't let your mind talk you out of it. I loved to water ski, or I used to when I could do it, and uh, back in the young days. And when I learned to water ski, I was probably 12, 13, and they, uh, I'd hold on the rope, and I just loved the smell of the gas and the water and all that. And you know, you know I just love to hear that. And, and I remember holding on the rope, trying to learn, and it's boom, and I'm just, go, I'm underwater like this. And I finally let go. I'm like, wow, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I forgot to let go of the rope. Have you done, have I done that? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm just, I bet it looked cool, but it wasn't. So my daddy comes over. He said, Brian, you got to let go of the rope, man. He didn't say man. He said, son, you got to let go of the rope. I said, I know. Don't tell me what I need to do. I know what I'm doing. So I grab on again. Boom. <laughs> 50 yards. I think I went longer that time. He said, Brian, you have to let go of the rope. I said, I know, but I can't. It just, I don't know what else to do. Something will not let me let go. I don't care if I can't breathe and water gets up my nose. I won't let go. You hear what I'm saying? Some of you are right there holding on that rope. And you're going to hold on to it until you smother to death. Because you're so afraid. And God's up there saying, listen to me. Trust me. Open your mind to me. I have a way that's better. That will help you live a great life. If you'll just open your mind and trust me. Now, I'm going to skip through a couple things. I want to get to my point here. Psalms 46 was a song, a song that was written. It's a song they wrote. The, the Korah, sons of Korah, which was the cousin of Moses, wrote this song. And they were talking about what God had done for them. So when I talk to you about letting go and trusting God, I want to give you a little bit of weight to that, okay? I want you to kind of understand what it means to trust God. Because sometimes we don't want to do that. Sometimes we don't believe it. I want, I want you to hear what this song is all about. It says, God is our refuge and strength. He is ever-present help in trouble. He's always there for you. He never leaves you. Ever-present, always with you. If you trust him, he's always with you. No matter what pain you're dealing with. No matter what struggle or depression or anxiety. What it, he's with you where you are in it right now. He is standing right beside you. Just saying, hey... Give me the rope, let me take it, and I'll help you. And he goes on to say, therefore, we will not fear. What is therefore, therefore? Okay? Therefore means because of that. Consequently, because of that, because God is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help, we don't have to fear. Because of that, we don't have to fear. I think it's a powerful verse. And the rest of this song you can find in the app, but I want to go on down. Here's what you're going to have to do today. You're going to have to make a very big decision. We've talked about the mind. We've talked about how the mind, you need to watch what you're thinking, guard what you put in it. But you'll never, ever 
get there if you don't let God in your life. It's the most important thing you can do is find Jesus today. Or start over with Jesus today. Maybe you just started coming back to church. Today's a good day to start over. In this song, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Still in the Hebrew means let go. Release. Lay down. It's so good because he's telling his people, I've got the fight. And I thought it was cool too. If you look at another context, he's also talking to the enemy. And he's saying, enemy, don't, you, better, you better back up. You better be still because I am God. God has got you. He wants you to know that. Stop your fighting and know that I am God. Stop, stop, stop your fighting. Everybody say, stop with me. Say it. That's all you got to do. Let go. Trust God. Some of these people, some of you people in this room online, some of you people have decided to stop listening today. You're ready to go. You can't wait to get to your chicken. You can't wait to get home to your nap. You can't wait to go to the golf course or Tipsy Taco. I like that place. And Jesus is saying, don't miss this. Don't you dare miss the most important thing in your life today. Don't miss it. Do not miss it. Hear me. That's what he's saying. The most important thing in your life right now, this very moment, this very thing that you need to know is knowing God is the most important thing you will ever do with your life. Some of you have forgotten that. Some of you need to come back home to that. If you would, just just bow your head with me. I'm going to change it up a little bit, guys. I feel like we're at a point God is speaking to many of you today and you're listening right now. Some of you are listening and I don't want to mess that up. So I'm going to give you a little idea of what God did for you. Okay? We call it the gospel. That's the religious term which means good news. It means there is good news in all that I've talked about today. All the hurt and the pain and the broken world we live in. There is good news. You see, we live in a broken world, if you hadn't noticed. Have y'all noticed that? Have you noticed the world is like kind of losing its mind a little? Wars and wars and plagues and things. And that's scary for a lot of us. And it's causing a lot of issues. It's causing a lot of anxiety and depression. And we're unsure about life. Of course we are. We're in a broken world. People don't get along. Yes, I know. You see, God didn't design it that way. God designed a perfect world where he made man and woman, and he said it was good. But guess what man and woman did? They had a thought that went into their brain, and they didn't pay attention, and it led to sin. 
which sin came into the world and it broke our world and it cracked it. And some of you, you're in this world right now and you're doing everything you can to fill that void in your life. You're trying sex. You're trying relationships. You're trying marriage. You're trying success. You're trying money. You're doing everything you can to say, that's going to fill my soul. But I'm telling you, it will not. You will always bounce back because you don't know Jesus. So God said, I'm not going to allow this. I want my people, I want my children, I want my kids to come home. I want them to know my love. And I I don't want them to be away from me forever. So he sent Jesus into history. Jesus Christ came into history. Lived a perfect life. Never sinned at all. And Jesus said, I'm going to take all the sins of the world. I'm going to take... That depression, that anxiety, that hurt, that pain, that scar that you're dealing with today that's so heavy and you can't let go. He said, I'm going to take it all. I'm going to put it on me. And that's what Jesus did. And he went to the cross. And he died for me and he died for you. He was a sacrifice for our sins. So we didn't have to know that, have to experience that. Now, here's the good news, okay? He was buried, but guess what? God raised him from the dead. And now because of that, he proved to all of us there is a way. He made a way for me. He he conquered death, he conquered sickness, he conquered depression, he conquered it all. I want you to stand with me because we're going to pray together. I don't know where you are in your life today, but you, you, you heard an idea that I think could change you, and I know it will change you if you'll actually take a moment. Bow your heads with me. If you would like to accept Christ today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. All you have to do is turn from your way And believe that Jesus died for you. That's all he's asking. And you can have something that will restore and transform your heart and your mind. And you can begin a new walk. If you'd like to receive Christ today, I'm just going to say a prayer. All you have to do is pray it with me. Pray it with me online. That's all you got to do, okay? What is keeping you from doing this? I'd ask you that question. What is keeping you from coming home? Why wouldn't you make that decision? Why wouldn't you do that? Give God, a, give God a chance in your life today. Pray this with me. Say, Father, I am a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I pray that you would come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me freedom and love. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure you let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thank you for listening to Marathon Church Podcast.